everybody, Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball. And what I'm going to do right now is set up the next three segments, each with a break, each with great music, but each featuring a little bit different part of a project put together by Jeff Idelson and Gene Freeth, Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin. And so we're going to have the interview with Gene and with Jeff, followed by my summary a little bit of what that interview did for me. And then we're going to have a third segment of this podcast with Wayne Metcalf, who has given of himself for over 60 years to youth sports in and around Baxter Springs. And that's a great, great life that he has lived, and I tried to capture a little bit of it in a 30-minute segment, and uh, I'll finish that up on December 5th with a parade in Baxter Springs where he is the Grand Marshal, and what a great life he has lived, and uh, the baseball field at Baxter Springs uh, rivals any minor league ballpark in America. So the podcast began with this interview and before that, I wanted everybody to, at the conclusion of the podcast, go to the webpage of Open Arms Home for Children. This is their only fundraiser of the year. It's an auction. Uh, some of you have played in the golf tournament. Uh, some of you are familiar and have uh, contributed to uh, the lives of the 63 kids in Kumga. South Africa, who depend on all of us to continue their dream, and their dream is living every day in this great home for children where their family uh, exceeds the 63 kids that are there. So look over that. You don't have to contribute. I'm not knocking uh, you know, on your door, but I think it would be something that you'd be interested in if you don't already contribute. It doesn't have to be a lot. Every little bit helps. So we've got Open Arms, Home for Children going on. And now we've got Grassroots Baseball. That's a charitable organization, and they have their own webpage. And I'm sure that they could certainly welcome anybody buying this wonderful book for the holidays where legends begin. So I talk a little bit about that in the next segment, and this is probably redundant, but that's okay. That's okay, because we're going to take this opener, we're going to put the other three segments together, and then we're going to uh, hopefully entertain everybody for about an hour and a half. And uh, it should be fun. It should be um, something that every one of you can kind of drift back into your early childhood days and relish those days of whether it was football or basketball or baseball when you were a little kid and nothing else mattered other than going out to the sand lot and playing baseball or we played cork ball, stick ball, softball, you name it. We did it. We ice skated. It, those were fun days. Those days were good. You didn't have to worry about too much back then other than what you're going to do uh, between uh, dinner and uh, going out after, after dinner to play sports. It was a great time. And this book that Gene Fruth and Jeff Idelson have put together you know, will deliver you back to childhood, man. It's like back to the future. It's the time machine. It's the ultimate. And then we conclude 
after some brilliant remarks by me about baseball gloves and other ridiculous things that I love. Uh, man, there was nothing better than the smell of baseball gloves, the smell of the hot dogs cooking at Comiskey Park. We all have those memories. We all do. And so, uh, you know, I think you're going to enjoy uh, everything about the Idelson and Firth interviews and the projects that they're working on and uh, also Open Arms Home for Children. Anyway, I've talked too much, but that's okay. It's my show. And I'm going to take a break. And the first part of the deal after the break will be uh, Jeff Idelson and Gene Fruth. And then Wayne Metcalf follows my comments. And then uh, that's it. After that, you can turn off your uh, podcast. But not before you've listened to the whole thing. So, the lighter side of baseball on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and my Facebook. Sit back, relax with Jeff Idelson, Gene Fruth, and later Wayne Metcalf. Time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Uretsky coming to you live from Kansas City. Yes, siree, Bob. We began this year in Cape Town, South Africa with Rick Waits and Bob Solis at the uh, Open Arm Home for Children. The auction starts today. I'll be talking about that later on in the podcast, but today and today only, we are so lucky and honored to have two people on the podcast that Man, I'd give anything for either one of their careers. Gene Fruth and Jeff Idelson. How are you two doing today? We're doing just great. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. And Jeff, we spoke yesterday and I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Let me just introduce you guys briefly. If I gave your entire resume, we wouldn't have any time left to talk. But Gene is one of the most preeminent sports photographers specializing in baseball uh, currently in the world, and I mean literally the world. So we talked about South Africa, but Jean has been everywhere. She developed her trade mostly in a male world and has just become uh, such a great uh, photographer and storyteller. And I say that because they have co-founded the Grassroots Baseball Organization, and her book, which I'm going to talk about, is Where Legends Begin. And Jeff had even a, a, a life that I would give anything for, uh, mostly because I wasn't much of a photographer, but I loved Cooperstown. And Jeff started out as an intern, and, and when we had the Omaha Royals, I could tell that there were a lot of interns willing to work for nothing, but Jeff worked his way up through the Red Sox producing their their radio broadcast for a couple of years, and then the Yankees working for Steinbrenner, where he crossed paths with one of my favorite guests on the show, Dwayne Stats, and then uh, he wandered his way through the 1994 World Cup and then on to the uh, Hall of Fame. And, and, Jeff, what a spectacular career. What a great place. Um, I hope you're doing good today, and I am so excited to talk about uh, your organization, Grassroots Baseball. 
Well, thanks, Jamie. We're delighted to be with you. And uh, yes, Gene and I have uh, had charmed lives working in baseball, but we're, we're all the more richer because of it. Well, that's great. Jeff, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about Jane, if you would. Gene? Well, Gene yeah. is... Uh, how's, how's, how's that for a curveball? <laughs> that's, that's great. I, I, I can stay back in the box and keep my hands back, so no problem. Uh, she is... Uh, Jean is, I got to know Jean when she became traveling photographer for the Baseball Hall of Fame um, and saw her incredible work, um, uh, the things that she did to take the uh, current game and tie it back to history to help grow that audience. But I also got to see how much she embraced the grassroots game. And, you know, I'd be saying to her, well, what do you, you know, there's no, there's no game today where you are. And she said, well, I'm going to head off to a little, little league field and shoot little league. And that became sort of a mantra for her. And, uh, uh, she's just uh, incredible with what she does. She is uh, very deft at, at, at capturing moments and storytelling, as you said, Jamie, and her work is just tremendous. And uh, as I was getting ready to think about leaving the Hall of Fame, and uh, she asked me about the idea of, of forming grassroots baseball uh, as an organization, it didn't take me long uh, to say yes. That That is spectacular. And I can I can only imagine the difficulty in coming to any decision to leave Cooperstown because if if there's one place on earth that I visited that I that that I love as much as anywhere uh it is Cooperstown New York in the hall I I just uh went there I've seen an induction ceremony but I took my kids and a buddy's kid there and you know after a day or two they said we're going to stay at the motel and swim and why don't you head over to the museum and I, I mean it was just uh it's spectacular and uh and, and it always is improving and changing, and, uh, and I love it. Uh, Gene, what do you think about, uh, about Jeff? How in the world did your, uh, yeah, did your paths cross in Cooperstown, or did you know him before? Well, uh, no, uh, our, well, our paths did cross on baseball fields. I think the first time I met Jeff was at the San Francisco Giants, and he was collecting an artifact from Tim Lincecum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for a no-hitter, that's right. Um, but I'll bring it back to Cooperstown. Um, when you walk down the street with Jeff Idelson on Main Street in Cooperstown, it's like walking with the mayor, Jamie. It's, uh, you can't walk five, five steps without someone stopping him, saying hello, him having conversations. And if I were to use one word to describe him, I would say relationships. And Jeff has made lifelong relationships in baseball. And wherever we go and wherever I see Jeff, his friendships, they're not light friendships. They run deep. And the friendships he has with the Hall of Famers and all of them uh, are just incredible. And the, uh, and the relationships he's built up over his years in baseball, I've never seen anything like it. He really is uh, loved, loved by all of them. And, uh, it's, and he, I know he worked hard for that and his sincerity with his friendships certainly go a long way. And that's the experience I've always had with him and I'm lucky to know him. And I know Jeff appreciates that. I, I don't know of any other industry that fosters more friendships. Uh, you know, whether you're in a little league or whether you're a college player or coach or fan or whether you're in the minor leagues or major leagues. I know our family owned a minor league team for seven years uh, in Omaha, and it was just a spectacular labor of love with most of the guys on the major league team. And still to this day, guys like John Wathen are, you know, who managed our team are still buddies, but uh, you know, it's, um, 
it's just a, a and and Jeff, you're at the pinnacle, and Gene, you're at the pinnacle of of your career. Tell me a little bit, Gene, about getting to the Hall of Fame, and and um, you know the the word that I that I read, and and kind of getting to know you a little bit through the publicity that is rampant on the internet for you, and all good was the word patience. Tell me about that, because I'm anything but, especially with a camera. Well, I think I've never heard uh, the word patience described for me. So I, I, I'm so happy <laughs> to be on this podcast right now. And I, I hope we say it a few more times throughout. That's, that's so fabulous. I could change my, but yeah, no, but patience for sure in, in, in photography uh, and, and what I do, it, it, you certainly have to have it. And it's an ongoing battle for me. I'm, uh, I'm impatient waiting for the sunset to get the light just right. And, you know, I want to know what's going to happen, what, what, what. But uh, it does teach you patience. And um, you, you have to be incredibly patient if you want to get it right. And um, so my connection with the Hall of Fame before the Hall of Fame was I was uh, shooting, I was, a, I was a portrait photographer and then um, started shooting sports for local newspapers and then professional sports, um, uh, Bay Area to begin with, San Francisco Giants, Oakland A's, San Francisco 49ers. Um, and then as my career grew and the opportunities grew, um, the Hall of Fame uh, was just um, just such a terrific place for me to be as their traveling photographer. I'd already started traveling for baseball on my own. I was very interested in Latin American baseball in particular, just being at the Oakland A's and standing in front of the visiting dugout and watching all the Latino players and how they celebrated the game. And I, why are there so many? How come there's so many players from the Dominican Republic? I had so many questions about that. And I went off on my own and traveled the, uh, to the Dominican Republic to shoot baseball. It was a very difficult trip without connections, you know, and I had very few at that time. Um, but I made it work and learned a lot. Uh, so when fast forward to the Baseball Hall of Fame, that gave me a year-round shooting schedule in baseball, which uh, it was it was a dream come true. Like you say, dream job. Well, that's the dream job. I start with spring training, go through the regular season, postseason, then head to the Caribbean, you know, whether it's the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or Mexico or Curacao or Cuba, and then the Caribbean series, which rotates countries each year, and then back to um, uh, spring training to start the new baseball season. And uh, I'm still doing it today. It's uh, what I love. And uh, yeah, COVID slowing us down, but um, I have uh, hopes that we will be back at it again. I, uh, I share your hopes and optimism that, you know, by spring training, hopefully the vaccines will be uh, distributed and we can get back to uh, uh, some of the things that we love. I, I've got a, uh, a friend that has been a sports illustrator photographer for decades and decades, uh, a fellow named John McDonough. And uh, so I visited with John quite a bit about some of the things that he went through, not only in his basketball shooting days but the Super Bowl and all the, all the problems that he had and then it made me appreciate you much more and I don't want to necessarily get into the 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 uh, woman versus man in, in the sports world but certainly and I'm not sure what a glass ceiling is but you have certainly 
distinguished yourself in a men's men's world. And interestingly, today we have the first female uh, general manager uh, with the uh, Miami Marlins coming in. And you know the broadcasters in the towns that you covered in Oakland and uh, or the PA folks. It's just remarkable. And I, you know, again, I don't want to dwell on it because your work speaks for itself, and I want to get to that. But and and maybe I do want to dwell on, on I'll say girls for a second because, uh, and I'm looking at your book and I'm, I'm going to uh, a favorite page of mine. I think it's 155 if my eyes uh, help me out. And there is a little girl posing and getting, not posing, but getting ready to hit. And my God, if, if, the, re, if the readers don't fall in love with her, their pulses are beating. <laughs> oh, it's great that you're mentioning her because uh, Steve Fine, who uh, worked with McDonough uh, for many years at Sports Illustrated, they worked together. And uh, John McDonough is a hero of mine, by the way. His work is uh, second to none. But Steve Fine uh, was very involved. He's the, he was the photo editor for Sports Illustrated for 20 years, maybe. Um, and, and, and the right years of Sports Illustrated. And sure. uh, that little girl, uh, he has two daughters of his own, and he fell in love with that little girl, and he said, she's going in this book. So that's nice <laughs> to see fine. And he loved her look and her determination. So thanks for bringing, for bringing her up. <laughs> well, every, <laughs> every photograph, you know, has a story that I'm sure – you can dwell on, but even people that you know have no connection to the book until they look at it, uh, the next page has a, a little guy down in the Tampa area with his shoelaces kind of untied, looking like he just hit a ball between third and short and heading the first. And it's just, you know, <laughs> like it, it is so much fun for readers. And I'm going to get do what I can do to get people to uh, uh, that are listening to this podcast to go online and, and get a copy of Grassroots Baseball, which, Jeff, I want to talk a little bit about that before we get too far down the road uh, with the parenthetical that McDonough and I went to grade school together till John moved away. And I always laughed at uh, thinking that this was one guy, Jeff, that could have played football at any level without a helmet on. The guy is... <laughs> The most intense human being, I think, and I was in the Marine Corps, so this guy was intense. But I'm I'm glad, Gene, that that uh, you know him and, and and like him and respect him. He's he's certainly done a lot of great work in uh, in photography. But Jeff, give us a give us a, a rundown, if you would, of the formation of the idea of this grassroots baseball because it's just spectacular. Yeah. So you know, Gene was Gene had. Uh, this great uh, collection of work that she was putting together for a book. And we started talking about, you know, uh, her idea of having Hall of Famers tie back uh, to those regions. And the idea being that if a Hall of Famer could do it, so could these kids. And so when we worked on the book, uh, helping her connect with Hall of Famers, and there's 13 in the book uh, among the 15 chapters, um, and uh, three non-Hall of Famers, Ichiro Suzuki, uh, Hensley Mullins, and Fernando Valenzuela, as those three countries, Japan, Mexico, and Curacao, don't have Hall of Famers yet. But working with Jean, I really got a sense of what uh, the excitement of what she was doing. And I was getting to a point where I was getting ready to leave the Hall of Fame. I had been there for 25 years and uh, not sure what I was going to do next. Um, and she, she said to me, hey, what do you think about taking the concept of this book and turning it into a not-for-profit? 
And I said, I said, I said, that sounds great. I said, you know, what I'd like to do is maybe, you know, sit on a beach for a month or look at a wall or uh, just do something to disconnect. And she said, take all the time you want. And I thought that's going to be great. And then I don't know, the next day or a few days later, she's uh, coming to me in hand with sponsors, uh, an RV and saying, when can we start? The next thing I know, I'm on Lakeshore Drive trying to navigate an RV uh, <laughs> through the streets of Chicago and off we went. Oh, that's great. I, I hope on your way to, uh, to uh, Addison and Clark to uh, check out Wrigley Field. I, I did see some of that on your on your tour with the snow coming down at Wrigley, which is as a season ticket holder for the Cubs, it snows quite a bit, usually in April and maybe May. But what a great idea. And then you guys managed to segue that into not only the, the photojournalism, but also into the uh, um, activities of going on this tour. Tell me, Gene, how, how that started. And also, who, who made the traveling squad? The, um, the idea of Route 66, it was, okay, what's, you know, grassroots baseball, where do we begin? And we wanted to certainly add purpose to our work. And if you can add purpose to a passion, I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. And we were both at a time in our lives where we were able to give back. And this just seemed like such a great way to do it, to celebrate the grassroots game, to introduce baseball to kids who maybe don't have an opportunity to play um, equipment is always needed in baseball um, in so many underprivileged areas. And why not start in the U.S.? And, and Route 66, it just seemed this just nothing more Americana than Route 66 and all the forgotten towns and small towns along the way. So uh, it just made for a perfect start for our journey uh, as grassroots baseball not-for-profit. And we started in Chicago, of course, and Jeff, uh, did all the driving in that RV, by the way. I never drove the RV, which was amazing. I sat in the back and I edited so much of the time while he was driving and navigating. And it's true, he started with the streets of Chicago, which was not easy. Well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't have to do it, but there were some close calls. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can relate, believe me. I think uh, we live part-time in Chicago. I have... Uh, I have a few that may not have been close calls. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then again, these legends uh, joining us along the route, uh, legends who grew up along Route 66 from Chicago. We had Jim Tomey and uh, on one side of Route 66, George Brett on the other for LA and all these amazing legends in between, both Hall of Famers or retired stars from, from the Major League Baseball game who came to our clinics and uh, were so generous with their time. Each kid got a new Rawlings glove and baseball. They gave words of inspiration, taught them how to throw, and it was just a great start and we're still on route 66 doing uh doing work along the route but we had johnny bench and billy hatcher and we also had a, a national spokesman who didn't grow up along the route but goose gossage joined us for many stops along the way and helped us um uh, with with our with our whole program across with space well and steve wolf i i saw is uh, uh part of this cooperative and i'm not sure what he adds, but with you two and Goose Gossage, it's a, you know, it's a delightful thing to just talk about and visit. The uh, Jeff, we were talking before you jumped on, and I said that what a lineup. The guys that did essays or produced 
from Ripken to Bench and everybody in between, wouldn't that make a great lineup to go 162 and 0? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good dream team there, the grassroots dream team. Yeah, I mean, and how do you interact with or combine, say, the, uh, you know, the um, uh, RBI program or Reinsdorf's, uh, Jerry's ACE program? Do you try to interface at all with that or you guys go out on your own? No, we're we're on our own, Jamie. It's just uh, it's Gene and me and the, uh, the the guys that we bring along to help us with the clinics, and um, certainly have great respect for, and and uh, connection to RBI, and um, that would be part of a part of documenting because that's all part of amateur baseball. And we're just trying to do our small part as as others are in uh, giving this uh, game at that level real elevation. Well, tell me, uh, Gene, how. And, and Jeff, too, the, the idea with the chicken and the egg, which came first, the, the book where legends begin or the formation of the um, organization, or was it both a project that's born out of love together? Uh, after the book and as we were forming the book and the, the, um, the response that uh, we were receiving uh, once, once the book came out, really... Uh, I would say that started the um, what more can we do with grassroots baseball and and just traveling the world and seeing all the need out there. And I always tried to give back in smaller ways. Like if I was traveling to the Dominican Republic, I'd reach out to the A's and they might give me some equipment or swag and things I could give away. And I always brought baseballs to Cuba with me and always stuffed my suitcase, packed extra boxes, and shipped whatever I could to places. And I, it's, uh, it's just, you know, something that I want to have as, as part of, of what I do and, and tying photography into something more and a, and a program to be proud of. And, and Jeff, I mean, there just couldn't be a better partner. And when I approached him, and, and like he said, he, he really did want to go to a beach and I think he talked about taking six months off and I think he maybe had two or three days <laughs> off Poor guy. Uh, but um, there's just no better partner. And now uh, we're off and running and, and we had great sponsors already start with us and the boys and girls club works with us. So that's a way to reach out to children uh, and young players that don't have an opportunity. And that's really what it's about, especially in the world of travel ball and private lessons and baseball has just become so expensive. And, uh, you know, we're only two people, but we do have a lot of support around us. And I mean, as you can see the hall of famers and everybody who's joined in and already helped, we had major league baseball teams donate for, to get gloves and balls. It's been, it's been a, a great journey already. So, um, we're, we're on our way with, uh, um, being able to continue the give back and uh, make our next book, Grassroots Baseball, uh, Route 66. And I, I can't wait for that to, to come out. And I want to talk about that in a minute. And one of the uh, people that you talked with in, in coming up with uh, content for Route 66. But before, before I do, I'll say the, 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 the thing that I think is so spectacular about uh, where legends begin, you know, Everybody uh, that I know tries to play baseball at some at some point, especially when I grew up in the 50s and 60s in, in and around Chicago. And so as, as when I sent you the pictures uh, that my father had taken of me, 
you know, I think there's probably, I don't know how many millions of people that if they read your book and, and just are intrigued by the photography, they're going to remember their career and everybody, most 99.9% .9 of us retire before you get enshrined in Cooperstown and everybody has a story. And so I got to tell you, Gene and Jeff, the fun thing for me going through this book was reliving a little bit of how I, you know, was a bat boy to the little league to high school baseball when it was snowing out to uh, catching for the worst team in the history of Division One baseball at Southern Methodist University, all the way up through the good fortune I've had through um, my contacts with the Kansas City Royals and and. Uh, it's just been, it's just so much fun and everybody's got their story that, you know, are just waiting to think about in your spectacular book, Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin. Um, I can't say enough good things just about where you went to and, you know, I don't know all the guys that, that uh, gave essays, but I know enough of them and the likes of uh, Jim Tomey and Cal Ripken and all of them spectacular i mean and, and you can you can tell when you're reading it it's just heartfelt and you know i knew tommy's dad so i mean it's it's just that father son father mother daughter mother daughter it's i can't say enough great things about it but with respect to route 66 the way we got connected was through a friend of mine and you talked with his dad wayne metcalf in baxter springs and i just uh uh, wanted to thank you guys for bringing, you know, Wayne to the forefront, at least in terms of uh, uh, the things he's done for youth baseball and things that I didn't know about with Little League. Yeah, he, uh, Jamie, was was quite a guy. We were in Baxter Springs, Gene and I, and, you know, that's, as we know, as you know, or maybe you don't know, but Route 66 goes through Kansas for all of about 13 miles. It's uh River Galena, Riverton, and Baxter Springs are the three uh, towns or cities. And, you know, trying to find the stories, trying to find where uh, the game is played, where, where it lives. And everybody said, have you talked to Wayne? Have you talked to Wayne, who is the Little League president? And uh, so we finally got a hold of Wayne. And not only is he the Little League president, but he's the curator of the Little League Museum. And he's the district administrator for Kansas. And he built the field. And he still, man, he still maintains the field for as he has for the last 50 years. And, um, and he's a hell it, of a barber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a picture of his barber chair. And, uh, you know, there's pictures of uh, a signed ball of Marichelle and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I've, I've met Wayne and I tell him, uh, he's sat with me once or twice at a Royals game. And I said, you know, the only thing that I find offensive about you, Wayne, is the fact that you're such a diehard St. Louis Cardinal fan. And, you know, as a, as a Cub fan, yeah, I think that feeling is shared by anybody that, uh, that roots for the poor Cubs. But uh, the, the field is spectacular looking. He's going to be the grand marshal of the Baxter Springs holiday parade on December 5th. So my wife and I are planning to head down and hopefully check out not only the parade, but the uh, Little League uh, Museum that they've got there. It, it's fascinating. And, uh, and, and so I was very tickled that uh, you, you found Wayne, included Wayne, and, 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 and talked about it because it's just, uh, 
it's just an interesting part of the beginning of Route 66. And I know that at least with the work you did so far, it seemed to terminate in California. I'm not sure if it was Santa Monica, but with George Brett. And I told Jeff yesterday, I don't think I've seen George have more fun than when he was with those kids. Yeah, he uh, he had a blast, and he connected really, really well. Uh, we were in Inglewood, Jamie, which is not too far from El Segundo, where he grew up. And, um, you know, he gave them a message about following their passion, and he, he worked with the kids and uh, really enjoyed himself. And he's a guy that uh, he's a guy that gets it. And, and back to Wayne, he's really emblematic of the grassroots game. He's the type of guy uh, that's what makes the grassroots game go in these small communities, as Gene mentioned, these small forgotten communities all dotted across the country. That is a spectacular. And it comes across, you know, in, in where legends begin, and it's going to, I'm sure, come across even more in, uh, in the new book. But I will do everything I can to, to uh, increase the interest in, in this spectacular, I guess it's uh, a, a coffee table book although i'm not quite sure what that means but it's a it's a beautiful book and it's uh it, it's something that in the holiday season i think people can can go for jeff let's if we can for a few minutes just humor me about the hall of fame i mean i couldn't go to those places that the Dwayne stats and the craig Kashans and the bob euchers and all those other all the all the guys get to go to so it just kind of wet my appetite of you know what I'm missing downstairs. Well, you know, the, 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 what's, what uh, any museum only has a portion of its collections on display at any one time. Um, you know, it's, it's how you wrote, you rotate to, to assure that all your pieces stay, uh, you know, don't deteriorate and you want to have new stories to tell. And, you know, the, all of the prime things that are on, are on display in the hall of fame, all, all of the great pieces that help tell the game's history. But, you know, when you're taking a tour down into archives and the, you know, the opportunity to hold, uh, you know, a bat that Babe Ruth swung or, uh, you know, a glove that Roberto Clemente may uh, use when he put, played for Pittsburgh really adds to the visit. And um, it's just something that uh, uh, is, is, is part of extending the, the and part of extending the, the game's history to those that can help storytell it uh, further. Well, you know, the parts that the public can get to see, the walks down Main Street are just spectacular. The golf course is a thing of beauty and the induction weekend. I, I saw the uh, ghost of Ron Santo inducted and the Ricketts family treated all the Cubs uh, folks that were there uh, like royalty. And so it was uh, it was an extra special trip to, uh, to Cooperstown. But um you know, I've 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 got my fair share of memorabilia that that uh, I, in a in a very unorganized manner have hidden all through my life, but as as most people do. But you know, it's just it's just a great reflection of the history of the game, and uh, and and I look forward to my next trip. And Gene, I I look forward to the next book. I look forward to. Uh, you know, you can, the, the great thing about where the legends begin, you can, you, you can look at it 50 times and see 50 different things. And it's spectacular. I commend your work. I commend your amazing, unique ability to get the confidence of little kids to Hall of Famers to photograph. That's not easy, but I know that you've done that. And I've seen some of the, uh, 
videos on YouTube, and it's it's truly a, a remarkable gift that you have. So I look forward to seeing more of your work. And Jeff, uh, you know, hopefully I haven't uh, uh, you know done anything to to uh, cause us not to have a second installment uh, early next year where we can visit again. Because I would uh, love to continue to follow grassroots baseball's efforts through the uh, Midwest and 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 really through the world so i i i'm i i gotta be if i'm not in the top 10 i'm i'm right up there with the fans of your organization believe me well it's awfully kind of you jamie and we'll, we'll definitely have to visit because we're going to have to hear about how that parade in baxter springs <laughs> went on december 5th That's exactly. i want to go <laughs> <laughs> you know gene i've told you my photo uh uh journalistic capabilities are so pathetic when i go to a kids game i take about a hundred photographs to get a child or grandchild's uh, image um my claim to fame was that i got the ball striking the bat on sammy sosa's 60th home run and then you know history wasn't so kind to sammy's but i still have that photograph but hey, that's I'll, not easy to do <laughs> no and i love your photographs that that have the baseball in it and and there are a number of them and it's just to me it's spectacular i mean it really is and i you know i love the voices of the game i love the photography of the game the journalists there's so much of baseball jeff so many segments that that a person like me can can uh enjoy from the concessions to the ticket sales to minor league baseball, the little league and college. And I, you know, we could all go on for other, forever. And I know that, uh, uh, we will visit again and, and I'll try to, uh, I'll try to capture the essence of the parade on December 5th in Baxter Springs. Oh, please do. <laughs> and, uh, and I think I told Jeff, I'm going to, I'm going to interview, uh, Wayne tomorrow for a portion of this podcast. So that'll be fun too. So, uh, when it's posted, I'll send you a link, and if you uh, have the time or the energy, uh, you can uh, hear a little bit of Wayne in addition to this spectacular uh, time that, that you were kind enough to let me uh, have this afternoon. So, again, on behalf of the lighter side of baseball uh, and my admiration of the work that Gene's done, and, of course, Jeff, you know, your your work speaks for itself, as does your reputation. So I know we have lots of friends in common from Jerry Reinsdorf on down, and I just think it's a, it's a spectacular uh, world that, uh, that you guys are in and your efforts in this uh, charitable segment of, uh, of life is, is uh, just more than I can ever put into words. So on behalf of myself and my listeners, thanks for an enjoyable uh, time talking about this great project of yours and this beautiful book where legends begin and I'll do whatever I can to, to uh, see if I can't get somebody to uh, go ahead and enjoy it with me. So thanks again, guys. And I'm going to uh, uh, sign off. So thank you very, very much for being a part of this podcast. back after a break on the lighter side of baseball and I hope you enjoyed the interview of Jeff Adelson and Gene Fruth. Both of them have uh, 
a great track record in uh, in baseball, and they are uh, fun to talk to. I think that uh, you know, if I had my druthers, uh, I'd hitch a ride in their RV through the streets of Chicago all the way out to uh, El Segundo and uh, everywhere else in between on this fine planet. Her work in Latin America has been certainly spectacular, and she is the designated Latino photographer for baseball. And she uh, she just really um, develops her interest and her curiosity in terms of uh, the Latin American culture uh, and how it is uh, uh, demonstrated in, in baseball from little kids to major leaguers. And so, uh, you know, if you're interested, Google Jean Fruth. She uh, she's quite a quite a woman in the world of uh, sports photography and uh, a great guest. I, I, I hope that uh, we have she and uh, Jeff on again. So you'll recall at the beginning of the uh, podcast, I said this was an important week for Open Arms Home for Children uh, down in Kumga, the coronavirus, which is rampant all over the world, all over the globe. Uh, not only in South Africa, but right here in uh, the U.S. of A. So all of the fundraisers uh, that Bob Solis masterfully puts on have been canceled as a result of the coronavirus. And so what I'm asking you to do is, uh, you know, over the next week, the auction ends a week from Sunday, or a week from Saturday, rather. So go to the website of uh, Open Arms and uh, they have a special website for this auction. It's easy to register. You don't have to donate any money to register. You, you don't have to donate any money, period. But I hope you do. I hope uh, you, you realize how important this was to our good friend Dave Nelson, how uh, so many of my listeners have participated in that golf tournament. Uh, when it was up in Whistling Straits, and even uh, some of you folks, you know who you are, came down to Minnesota last year, and hopefully next year we'll be able to do Minnesota again. But for now, um, you know, it is expensive to not only house these children, but to raise these children and educate the kids and not only uh, through book learning, but also through lessons in life that emanate, I think, from Bob Solis and are carried out through the staff. So uh, there is a 1965 Ford Mustang that's, that's on uh, the auction block, and uh, there there is a chance to do a podcast with me. I mean, how much is that worth? I don't even think that's an item on the auction, but... You know, if you uh, specify that and donate some money, uh, we can have a good time talking about uh, the lighter side of baseball, or as some of you think, the grumpy side of baseball. Speaking of which, you know, right now, it's nothing's going on. A few awards have been given out. What do you do? Give a, give a guy, you know, Bray is great, but uh, MVP for 60 games? I don't get it. But anyway, that's me. Hats off to all the award winners. Rookies of the Year, Managers of the Year, the 
MVPs of the year. The, this is a bad year, but be that as it may, um, you know, we want everybody to get online and check out the Open Arms Home for Children auction. And since you're going to be online anyway, checking out the auction, go to Gratz Baseball. There's a fine website and take a look at what they show for where legends began. And I'm telling you what, I know each and every one of you has played baseball and we've all retired at different places in our lives, but man, Gene Fruth can capture spectacular images. I mean, really great images. And so it's a fun book and it's 60 bucks. Get a, give it as a gift, uh, buy 10. Uh, I don't get any commission, but I do think that uh, it's worth having. Uh, she's great, and I look forward to their next book, Route 66, and uh, learning more about grassroots baseball. It's a it's a good project. It's not the only project out there where uh, the purpose is to develop, educate, and, and spur on the great game of baseball at all levels. And uh, you know they certainly are taking a good approach at you know getting kids who otherwise couldn't afford gloves and balls you know glove and a ball we all remember man that first baseball glove they smell so good you put the ball in the pocket you put some oil on it some people put uh shaving cream on there some people you know stick it under their bed and wait for it to mold through the glove oleum that we all used to use rolling glove oleum or you know nelly would tell me just dip it in water and, uh, you know, when it starts to dry, rub a little uh, shaving cream on there and voila, you got a ball, you got a glove. So many good stories about kids and youth and we all have them. Uh, does anybody care? Yeah, I think it's fun. And it's too bad we don't talk more about it. But, uh, man, I can remember, you know, some gloves were just so bad. You'd use them as second base. And here this organization gives these kids in conjunction with Rawlings some uh, nice gloves, some balls. It's great. You know, it's a spectacular project that Jeff and Jean are doing, and so I commend them for that. Now, tomorrow, uh, we're going to do the tail end of this podcast, and then we're going to try to get it up and, and loaded by Sunday. And tomorrow, uh, we're going to have a short interview of the Grand Marshal of the Baxter Springs, Kansas Christmas Parade, none other than. Wayne Metcalf, a legend in the Midwest in terms of kids' sports, unselfish dedication to youth sports, not only football, basketball, baseball, you name it. He was at the forefront and still is. And so uh, uh, we're going to talk with him a little bit. Uh, we're going to feature uh, uh, a little bit of what he's done and what he's going to do. He's going to be the Grand Marshal of the Baxter Springs uh, Holiday Parade. Hoo-hoo! Doesn't get any better than that. So uh, we'll be back with that. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we will be joined after a long break by none other than the Barber of Baxter, Wayne Metcalf. Hey everybody, Jamie Redsky back on the letter side of baseball, and we just got done with a podcast with Jeff Adelson and 
Gene Fruth, and who did they talk about but none other than Wayne Metcalf. And so after a lot of investigation and calling my buddy, his son, we tracked him down here in beautiful Leewood, Kansas, wherever we are. Wayne, how are you doing? Just fine. And uh, you guys are getting ready for the, uh, uh, the parade I heard about yesterday. Yeah, we had a Christmas parade. <laughs> I guess I told them I couldn't, uh, I couldn't find nobody else to where I am. And you're the Grand Marshal, is that what you are? Wow, that's awesome. That's what they said. Well, I know my uh, wife and I are going down to Baxter to see that. Tell me about the Little League Museum that's down there that uh, I heard about yesterday that you started. Well, we, uh, we started out talking about it back in, the, back in the 80s, early 80s, I guess. A good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Young, when I talked to him and... and uh, he said, well, good, we'll think about it. And of course he was a big, he was, he was Mickey Mantle's man. So I went back the next time to talk to him and he said, well, I think we can build it. He said, I'll build it. But I said, I'll tell you what to do. You go and see how many people want to get involved in it, help on it, and what they don't, money you come up with, I give him a figure to build it. And uh, I didn't have to go back to him to ask for any more. And so the money came from donations yeah. around the yeah, uh, Baxter Spence? We have a plaque in there. It's probably, oh, probably 30, 40 different people, business places that uh, built it. So I didn't have to go back and get, he started me out with a thousand dollars on it, so. There are, thousands of towns around the country. Towns that I grew up playing Little League Baseball and I don't know how many around the world. You probably have a pretty good idea nationwide and worldwide. How was it that you decided that a museum would be a pretty appropriate thing for your area? Well, we've been real successful with a program. I don't know about how we've got 17, 18 state champions in Young Little League. It's kind of a baseball town. And with one of our first all-star team, uh, Hale Irvin, was only at the golfer. Right. So, well, U.S. Open champion, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got to see him. I got to visit with him in Indianapolis one year when I went back to the tournament. They had the tournament there. And, so they moved the tournaments from the, each state holding their own tournament to well, we, another yeah, format? Yeah, we, well, we have a state tournament. Used to... Used to, we had a lot of area, district, sectional, uh, state, regional. And then we, then they cut it back to, uh, in our central regions, which is in Indianapolis headquarters, where we, uh, we had eight states in the, uh, in the western part of the region. Plus they had uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. That was, we were five teams went to the regional back then, and we hosted the eight state tournament, the divisional tournament there, then it went to the regional. So through the first most part of the eight, 80s, I guess it was, we put on that tournament. And one of, the, one of the famous guys that played in that tournament, in fact, he stayed with, he stayed with my kids, one of my boys and his wife, was Adam Benatera. Okay, sure. So, uh, and... Uh, with Dick Green, if you remember, had kind of a squabble with Mr. Finley out there in Oakland. Sure, I remember he that. He had a board on that Rapid City 
South Dakota team. And uh, he done he done a speaking at one of our band. We always started off with a band. And it was a week tournament, double elimination, a lot of games. And we also we hosted the a regional tournament there. They said I never would never could handle a regional tournament. And I said, I, I don't know why fourteen tournaments not very much to handle. So I went to uh, Detroit in nineteen seventy four and talked to the regional director that they had the tournament there then. And that's when we why the why, why why the interest and and what was inside you that uh, gave you the motivation to be so involved uh, in in Little League Baseball well, through the years? Well, the first time when I, when I ra raised as a young man, we had our baseball field out in the camp pasture. And then when I moved to, moved to Baxter Springs in 1955, uh, there, I, I didn't get involved with the Little League at that time. I got involved with high school, and uh, they asked me to be a scorekeeper there for basketball games, and this is going to be 65 years of doing that. <laughs> that is fantastic and, for. And that's, that's where you know I got to, I got to meet Don Goodridge. All right, and and so your son and I visited a little bit, and and you know from time to time over the years, and. Um, so Don Gutteridge came up. And now, as you know, I mean, Don Gutteridge isn't exactly Mickey Mantle when it comes to name recognition, right? Right. right. Well, I, you know, he, he, he was refereeing our games, a lot of our games in the wintertime when it was off. And I got really acquainted with him. And, of course, he, in 1985, he got me tickets to the World Series in the Kansas City and St. Louis. Sure. But uh, he didn't really got to be in this. What a great series that was, and it was oh, a, well, a well-fought, well-umpired series. Yeah, it right, was. We kind of got, <laughs> we kind of thought we got who dude. But, uh, that, that goes along in life. Yeah, well, for all of you out there, Wayne is a huge Cardinals fan, and, uh, you know, back then, still have season tickets here for the Royals, so uh, that was a strange, in fact, one quick story, when, when the Royals tore up the AstroTurf, they gave all the season ticket holders a plaque with a piece of the uh, grass on it. And I was at a golf tournament with the umpire, Don Denkinger, who made that great call. Yeah. And he's, he's, I said, would you sign this? And he goes, yeah, that's fine. So yeah. well, good guy. I mean, he's a yeah. really good guy. But Gutteridge, tell me about Don, because I've got to be one of the only guys that knew he was number 39 first base coach for the White Sox, and I know he had a good playing career, too. Well, he played with the Browns, you know, back when the Browns and Cardinals. Yeah. In 1944, I believe. Did he live in Baxter? He lived in Pittsburgh. Okay. He lived in Pittsburgh, and, and when after he got out of baseball, of course, he was scout for uh, maybe with the Royals or something. I don't know what he did with the Dodgers. He was with the Dodgers when I noticed him more, and he'd always come by the head out on some trip in the summer and he always stopped the shop and get a haircut shoot, shoot the breeze and I'll never cut his hair but uh, we, we've done, done a lot of business there for yeah. about, about an hour and then he'd take off and he'd always keep trying one off or new of anybody <laughs> uh, not, not too good of ones here we uh, we've had a couple of kids out of our program that basically played some uh, uh, sea ball but uh, We've had some 
not only people in Baxter, but come through uh, some of the tournaments that ended up playing in the major leagues, I take it. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know, it, it hurt a, one kid we had one time, but uh, he didn't really go with the major league baseball, but he went into hockey. You're kidding. And that's what Adam Vanateri, yeah. after Little League got done, he never played anymore baseball. He went to soccer. And look where it led him to. <laughs> Pretty good kicker. Pretty good kicker. Yeah. Pretty good kicker. Bill Russell was... Uh, Bill was that. Uh, well, yeah, Bill was uh, out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, and he was a shortstop. Kind of poor... But I like Mickey Mantle. Mickey wasn't, wasn't a shortstop, but that's when they drafted him. I've always seen Mickey play and didn't know who he was. When I was a kid, my dad took me to Springfield, and Joplin came over to play. Springfield was in that Western Association. And Mickey was playing then, but that didn't dawn me to life till I moved to Baxter because Mickey was raised about about 13 miles south of us. In fact, he played with the old whiz kids that was formed there in Baxter. And that was a that was a pretty famous yeah, well, amateur baseball. Oh team. yeah, the boy boys played games there, Sherman Lowler and Ralph Terry. And all and that was and of course that was done before I got there. So you keep naming those White Sox from that 1959 pennant winning team, Sherm Lawler, and then Gutters was his first yeah. base coach, but it's a pretty good team. My second year, I, I got elected to board directors in Little League Baseball. Uh, well, went to convention to this, but I, I served three years on the international board of directors. And I got to meet a lot of people, Davey Lowe's, Bob Hope. That is spectacular. Yeah, and and after those three years, then was there another position that you took? Uh, no, I've been district administrator in forty nine years, but that's when I went to Chicago. The second year I went to the first year we went to Tampa, Florida. Every two years we went someplace. Went to Chicago, and who did I meet? Ernie Banks. Chicago, Mr. Cub. <laughs> oh, he was he was something else. That's great. And I got a picture taken. I got a picture taken with Minnie Minoso. I couldn't understand a word he said, but I can't. No, I, I but, don't uh, think he really ever got any better at speaking English. But, but. to get back to uh, Don Gutteridge, uh, we went up to Chicago. The boys were playing a little league tournament in Bermondsey, Illinois. So we went up to Chicago to go by the ballparks. And we went by the old Comiskey Park. That was the last year of it. And I walked in there and I told him, I said, well, I was a friend of Don Gutteridge. And I just thought I'd stop by and he said, Go right through the door and go, go out on the field and do whatever you want to do. So we did. We went down into the dugout. I didn't realize the dugouts were so much lower than the field. Yeah. But then the next year they moved to the new ballpark. I know. Sad day in my life. I love that old ballpark. I spent a lot of time with my dad at the at the south side of Chicago. But what we, um, we were in Chicago. We were in St. Louis in nineteen. What was it? 50, 64. 64. Uh-huh. When they come back after being down about eight or nine games behind, come back, who's there the final day? Yeah. And watch that game. Johnny Keane, was that his year he was managing? Yeah. 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 Man, oh man, what great memories. Yeah. yeah had yeah. that. And then, of course, had the two boy boys playing against each other. And they lived in Alba, which is just right outside of Joplin. That's where the boys. There's a bunch of them. Man, I've got this big picture. I played in a golf tournament up there and for the home that Kenny Boyer was at in the latter part of his years and I've got a big old picture autograph by Ken Boyer. Yeah. 
I don't know if your museum wants it, but I mean, I'm having a hard time keeping my St. Louis guy there. But what a great ball player, great guy. I seen uh, I seen Kenny play one year a game in Coliseum. That was quite a place for baseball field in the Coliseum, that big old line. Right. I know it was 40, 50 high screen out there in left field. Yeah. How about Williamsport? I know you've gotten out there. Well, I went there. I'd always wanted to go. And in 1975, when we had the regional, uh, we had teams there from Iowa and Michigan, Illinois, and Rapid City. And uh, when uh, the uh, Iowa team won it, Southeast Davenport won that tournament. The uh, newspaper guy there, he went around town and collected his money. That's at me. That's cool. That's really good. How cool is that, man? At first time I've never been there, and, and I got to go a lot of times since. When I was on the board, we had to go yeah. three times. Well, and Williamsport's changed. I mean, the fields oh, have it, just it, gone, it, it undergone some great stuff. It is beautiful now. How about the field in Baxter? Tell me about that. Oh, it, it's beautiful, too. <laughs> I've seen pictures of it. Now, tell me how that got started well, and what you did to well, they, they, help that project along. They started the program down where the Whiz Kids played the first year. The next, the next year they chartered and moved uptown. The Lions Club gave them a field, gave them the ground. And everything was built with, everything been practically built with donations. And uh, when I took over, you know, I took over presidency in 1969, and I had it for 38 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. Wife run That's the, a lot of parents. Wife, wife <laughs> run the concession stand. Yeah. But it was, so I spent six, seven days a week. Played five nights a week or four, four nights a week. The rest of the time, I've mowed it ever since 1960. I was going to say, how was your ground crew? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Did you have, I mean, was that fun to groom oh, the field? All the, Do you still do that? I still do it. It's 50, it's 51 years of it. Wow. That's spectacular. Then, you know, I had one, one, one friend of mine, which he was, he played with his kids one year, Calvin Mishler, and uh, he was a big, big, big help. He took care of the outside more and start, and I took care of the inside, and he picked up the trash. And I'll tell you what. We just, we just done it. I just, but Looks done, like a minor league baseball stadium. We've done a lot of changes when I took over. The only thing we got left that was there when I started was a post that holds the backstop up. Yeah. But it's, so we got a sprinkling system in it and, and the warning track, and, and of course... I guess three years ago, they named the park after me. That's obviously such a spectacular credit to you oh, and what you've done there. City. Is there a, a little covered area down the first baseline that? Oh, they're all all the breaches are covered. Okay, I mean from the well, pictures. There's two it, little spots. There's 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 not, but they used to be out in left field. There's nothing there now. But when we was having those eight state tournaments, we had. Eight sections of bleachers, the whole end of it. And then on the side of the street, I could show you on the pictures where in left field, we'd set two trailers, flatbed trailers, and put bleachers on. And we'd fill it. Wow. We'd fill it. Now, you, you don't, I go, we had more people there, probably in one game, than they have in Indianapolis, except for the championship. 
Nobody, nobody, no big city like that. Sure. There's too much stuff going on. They don't, a lot of people, you, you talk about it there in town. Where's I'm at? What's in it? You know, so. Where did the museum, time-wise, come in? And how did that get going? Well, and maybe, and where, did the, where did the memorabilia come from? Well, it is stuff that just people had. And, and our flags, we had all, had all our state flags. And, uh, but I had to do a lot of research to the local paper to come up with all my you know, all-star pictures, state championship pictures. And see, we had the softball, Little League Senior League World Series there in 1978, where we brought in eight teams. We housed all eight teams. And was all this pretty much your motivated yeah. plan? I went. I, they told me to have to raise twenty thousand dollars to put it on, and I did raise. I think it's fifteen thousand. So they read. So and then I went on the next year. It went to they had in Waco, Texas, the next year, and that guy invited me down there to help run that tournament, help him with it. How um, how has the museum kind of grown? Oh, well, it's a, it it kind of just sat there. With stuff in it, but it's pretty full. We build it. That's great. It, it, I, I'd have to, have to just, you'd have to see it to believe it. Well, I'm going to see it on but it December 5th. It's so big, and then we got all this stuff. What we've done, we took the West End out, moved it about probably 25, 30 feet west, and put that end back on it and built up the two sides. And we bricked it all in, made it a lot bigger. Because the time Nikki, the two times he was there and, and seen it, it was just the smaller one. Yeah. And he said, boy, it's hot in here. And I said, well, yeah, if we had an air conditioning, it wouldn't be hot. <laughs> but he was there, he was there twice. Did he autograph and, some material for you? I didn't ask him for nothing. Yeah, isn't that funny? Back that time, I didn't want to. And when we had Bill Russell come down, I didn't tell the kids that he was going to be there because I didn't know how he would react. Right. And I and I told him, I said, uh, when he got done, I said, well, I got some cards, I, if you don't mind autographing some of these kids. He said, well, yeah, my wife needs to go up the house. I just live a block away from Baltimore. I said, we'll go up there. And said, we'll just sit down there and I'll rock and I'll copy whatever. Wherever you want. Sure. He said, because when we, every game we go to Dodger Stadium, the first thing we do, we go in and we sign, I forget how many dozen baseballs. And I, you know, I really think that's important to grow the game. I think so many kids, uh, you know, and, and not now to sell them, but to, to collect them, to have them, to get that part of the game. I know, yeah, I, I love that. When we went back to one of the congressmen in Boston, and Tom Seaver was there. And that was the year he was going into the Hall of Fame. He signed the baseball for me. Yeah, awesome. That's great. Have you been to Cooperstown yet? Yeah, I've been there twice. Spectacular, isn't it? One twice. of my favorite places. Like we took uh, uh, me and my wife, and we went there once. And then, uh, oh, back in the early 90s, David was in going to be in Philadelphia. And uh, I was going to meet him there. And so two of the kids is on that little league team, they wanted to go to the World Series. 
I said, well, if you can get you a ticket, you can go with it. So we did that. And then we flew into Philadelphia, and Dave picked us up. We went to Cooperstown, took these boys to Cooperstown, and then back to the World Series. And they spent probably half of their time getting getting autographs, trading pins. That's sure. the World Series. That's a, that's big, that's a big thing. But ever since 9-11, it, it, it's changed so much. There. Yeah. It's just not different. And then, then we expanded and went to two stadiums and... and uh, and it's, it's a big it's deal. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. the attendance I, I is spectacular. Like good friend of mine used to be a regional director, Scott Lowry. Uh, he he's been back here a time to yeah. visit, but he he helps one of the guys do it on the radio. And he said, "Boy, this year it was a it was a lonesome thing." Yeah. Lonesome thing. My my suspicion is when all this is over and if you wanted to go back to Cooperstown you'd have a pretty big VIP trip around the uh, I asked Jeff I said now you know for those of us that don't get to go into the special areas where you keep all that stuff what's down there oh, yeah. and, and, it's, and of course that's been well, last time I was there in about 91 or 2 so that's uh, 30 years ago so it's it's expanded so much it has it has and indeed when, when I went there I didn't it's not a very big town. It's it's just beautiful. It's, it's really beautiful. Well, your son and I went with a buddy of mine who had played in the major leagues for ten years, and we went to the Louisville Slugger Museum mm-hmm. when the Jayhawks were in town for a basketball game. I was driving home with my buddy, and we stopped there. And since Dave had a contract, my buddy had not my not your Dave, but my Dave had a contract with Louisville Slugger when he played. Uh, and and my Dave couldn't really amb- get around, was having trouble walking. So your son and I went in that little special area and got to, you know, show me Lou Gehrig's bat and stuff a lot, like that. A lot of bats, right? Yeah. Oh, man. It's beautiful. But I'm, and then they have a nice little museum with all sorts of... I'm a memorabilia nut, so that's great. What uh, Tell me, besides baseball, which obviously you have a great big spot in your heart for, what other sports uh, besides, obviously... Keeping score still for. Well, I've done the, I've done the, uh, run the chain, the down box football for sixty one years. I just quit two years ago. I just, I just need problem and kind of getting to be an old man to be down there trying to fight them kids. But I enjoyed it. I enjoy. I enjoyed basketball. I I've missed eight games in that sixty five years. Man, oh man. Sixty four years. So basketball, football, baseball. baseball. And and the old the thing that's common is these kids. Yeah. It's gotta have a just, lifetime of a million memories. I had a kid show up yesterday. He come up and he drove up there and he got out and he come and said, just kept looking at me. I kept looking at me. He looked kind of familiar but I didn't. Then he finally told me he him and one of the other kids uh, that he played ball with, they're in business together in Vegas. And uh, he was uh I hadn't seen him in three or four years, didn't, didn't recognize him, but he was one of them. We went, our junior league team in 2000, went to the World Series in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, those kids are, gosh, it's been 30 years, 20, 20 years, it's been 20 years since we went up there. So 
fast forward to December 5th and tell me about this parade that I'm going to go to. Well, I just hope that, uh, hope it's, uh, they got me in a closed-in car or, <laughs> or it's not in the buggy with yeah. colder. And, I bet it's going to be a nice warm day. Oh, I, I, I hope so. Yeah, I, uh, that's uh, Saturday and December the 5th. Well... At uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that's good. That's better than having 6 or 7 o'clock at night. I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, the book that, that uh, the first book that Gene Fruth and, and Jeff Idelson came out with, Where Legends Begin, and then their second book is going to include segments with you on the route, Route 66. But what I said yesterday, after I was getting ready for that, I, I started thinking of, pictures of me and five years old in catcher's gear all the way through going to my little league coach had a field out in his pasture and that's where we practiced and then little league and american legion baseball and in high school baseball and college baseball and i said you know every anybody and everybody that loves baseball's got a million stories and all good memories and then when you started talking about some of the uh you know, um, things that went on in conjunction with the Little League, like, wow, that reminded me of banquets we'd have. Yeah. And these major league guys, I mean, oh, he, had, uh, wouldn't happen today. Yeah, there was, we had, those, we had quite a big term. We always had uh, banquets, and Wally Moon, he came twice for me. And I think he was my idol when I was in high school. I, I played center field in high school, and, and he won that. Award there, 1954. Is there a favorite piece of memorabilia you either have in your barbershop or that's well, in the museum? You'd have to, you just have to see everything. You just have to see the shop. Jeff could tell you that yourself. I got, I got my picture taken. I got to hold a medal of the girl when they won the softball Olympics in Atlanta. She works for a little league baseball team. She always broadcasts. So Jenny Finch on that team. Huh? Was that Jenny Finch, the pitcher? No. Um, Who was that? Gosh, I, can't, I can't think of her name offhand, but she, she helped broadcast the college. Oh, was um, that Mendoza, Jessica? No. I, I know that. I don't know. I can't remember now what. I was going to bring that picture. I got a picture of her carrying that American flag, but she was in Omaha when we had a, a regional meeting up there, and uh, she let us all hold that medal. That's awesome. Did you guys ever play at Rosenblatt Stadium up there in Omaha? Uh, Did you ever play up there at Omaha at Rosenblatt? No, I, went, I went there two years uh, in, uh, oh boy, when it was my my cousin, was more like a nephew. He's the same age as my kids, but he played with, the, with he was up there with USC with Steve Busby, uh, Freddie wow. Lynn, Apodaca. Yeah. And he played right field and Fred Lynn playing center field. They won the World Series both years. I bet. He was the first junior college player to ever play for USC. So, and as a Cardinal fan, have you run into uh, uh, Whitey Herzog? I think Whitey Herzog, I want to say way back there when he played, when he was in service, Fort Leonard they came to Crane and played the crane team at an exhibition game down there. I'll be darned. Another fellow that uh, I'm proud of is Red Shandies. He had a good friend there at Crane, and he brought him down to one of our basketball games when I was a senior. 
and we had this page where mom and dad and everybody signed it. Well, here's Red Shandy's right across the top. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I've just been fortunate enough to uh, meet a lot of And Bill, to get back to Bill Russell, uh, when we went to a Congress or school board, I was on the school board for eight years. You, so you've we, certainly dedicated your life to a lot of great, so great student-involved activities. When we went to the L.A. to Congress out there, Bill got us tickets. But when we come back, when we flew out of John Wayne, we didn't have too loaded, we was too loaded. So they asked for people to get off. So I told Mary, I said, we'll just, we just see what they're gonna pay us and we get off. But we ended up getting enough money for tickets to take about seven of us to Houston. And Bill got his tickets to the Astrodome down in Houston. Doesn't get any better than that. That's great. You know, there are a lot of fun, nice people in baseball, especially in. He gave us one of his jersey, Dodger jersey. We got into the museum. I can't wait to see the museum. Yeah. That's going to be great. We got something there that, in our program, that Little League hasn't had. They may have now. But when we had the uh, Girls Softball World Series, John Hess was one of my umpires at home that week. The next week, he worked in the Little League World Series in Williamsport. Then, and back in 2001, I think, was, I had this woman umpire for me. And she went, I got her to the World Series. And she's the only woman I know that worked the championship game of the Little League World Series. Wow. My umpire. Yeah, that's so I've awesome. Had, I've had three three people out of my program go to the World Series. That is spectacular. In fact, one of them, Danny Albright, his picture was on the rule book for about three years. Somebody told him, boy, we heard him get you off of there. But uh, That's great. It's just... It's, it's a lifetime of yeah, spectacular said, memories. I always said, I wish I'd have... I told Jeff, is I would have sat down and just wrote a book. Well, you know, you know you've... Kind of late, kind you, of late you've late. verbalized a lot for... But it's, uh, you know... Like a book. I had my title for it. Never do it. And the title was? Life of a Volunteer. That says it all. Pretty good, isn't it? Wayne, thanks for doing the podcast, man. I look forward to the parade. I'm going to... I told Gene I'd take some pictures. <laughs> not, they're not going to be your quality pictures, yeah. but absolutely coming yeah, to the parade. Yeah, yeah. And hope the museum might get opened up. Well, we'll, I'll take you down to it. That'd be my honor. That'd be great. Okay. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you.